Hey everyone, it's producer Jake. If you're hearing this, then you are listening to a free preview of our weekly bonus interview. This is where we feature our series and lots of interesting one-off episodes. If you want to hear the full episode, go to our Substack, AmericanPrestigePod.com, and subscribe, or try our 14-day free trial. Thanks. Uh, but this is good. This is a good, actually an interesting segue because, of course, uh, when you talk about Turkish nationalists today and and the uh, the AKP's increasing dependence on appealing to Turkish nationalists and Erdogan's dependence uh, on Turkish nationalists electorally, uh, one of the major issues that that entails or that that draws in is uh, the status of the Kurdish population in Turkey. And we're at a point where we can start talking about the history of the Kurds within the Republic of Turkey. Uh, so, Gene, why don't you start us off with sort of uh, you know, we're in the the we left off sort of the aftermath of of World War One, uh, the early 1920s. This is the point where you get the the Turkish War of Independence and the the Kamala's period. What what is the interaction between this new emerging Turkish Republic and its Kurdish population, or the the Kurdish population that it now uh, sort of has within its borders? Yeah. So. I think the first thing to understand is, and we covered this a little bit last time, is that during the so-called Turkish War of Independence, Kurds tended to side with the Ankara government, the government of Mustafa Kemal uh, Atatürk, the inverted commas revolutionary government that was resisting the partition of the rump Ottoman state that had survived the First World War. And although the Turkish War of Independence is often portrayed as a war against uh imperialism. This is very much how the Turkish nationalists look at it, but also sections of the left. It also needs to be understood in the context of a civil war, and particularly uh, the final phases of a bloody civil war between uh, Muslims and non-Muslims, the continuation of the war against the Armenians, obviously the continuation of the war against Greece. Obviously, external powers were involved, but we had this religiously framed war taking place, the civil war taking place uh, in Anatolia, the territory that becomes Turkey, and most Kurds align with the Kemalists, who at this point are presenting themselves as the defenders of the Muslims against the 20% or so uh, Christians, uh, non-Muslims. So we have this bloody civil war that takes place. So you have basically the First World War that devastates the region, then this uh, civil war uh, where there's fights with the French and the British on the edges, and you have a country which is completely devastated, but is also uh, one where you've had the almost the entire Christian population either annihilated or removed. Eventually, Turkey and Greece, for example, agree to a population exchange, which is you know, nothing more than the formalization of mass eth- ethnic cleansing. And the properties and uh, goods of that Christian population, many of whom were the most bourgeois elements of Ottoman society, are transferred wholesale to elements of the Muslim population as well. Many of the big combines and industries and uh, industrial groups in Turkey today uh, have their origins in basically property that was stolen and transferred from Armenians to uh, Muslims. So we have this devastated country. We have a country that is now mostly Muslim, 
nine, you know, most of the Christian population is gone. There are a few areas of exception around Istanbul. The Christian population is allowed to stay, but it's largely a Muslim society. And the two main ethnic, and I should also note, there's also a significant Jewish commu- uh, community as well. 